I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Once again, I'm Josh Shonoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, Too Sweet. Ow. Hey. Uh, look, guys, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. You see, Katie Bellator, Canelo, Charlotte, those are a bunch of uh, other news. As always, we're brought to you by two fantastic sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Code sound off for both. We're going to keep me fueled up, keeps me going throughout my day. There was no, there was no, uh, there was no UFC, but you know what I did? I went to a Royals game, decided to go ahead and chill. You know, it was a late one, but you know what got me through the day, got me through that, that experience? Rogue Energy. However, whenever I want to chill out, whenever I want to have a fun time, I go ahead and take Elixir, because they have fantastic Delta 8, 9, and 10 products. You can get them for 10% off with code SOUNDOFF at checkout. Again, code SOUNDOFF for both, RogueEnergy.com and Elixir.com. No UFC to recap, uh, no UFC to recap. Uh, we will have some PFL time in the show, as well as uh, Canelo, but no major MMA to recap. I'm going to go ahead and hit it off with a preview, because UFC Vegas 80 is going down this Saturday night for the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. In the main event, we got the return of ranked lightweight prospect Grant Dawson. Angel, you've been on this kid, uh, been high on him for a very long time, 29 years young, been uh, undefeated since joining the UFC uh, in 2017 through the Contender Series, 21-1, and and set for arguably the biggest test of his career. Uh, very arguable, though. Um, I think he's had some tougher fights than this, but whatever. Uh, he's going to take on King Bobby Green, uh, riding a two-fight unbeaten streak. Last defeated Tony Ferguson in July, UFC 291. That was a submission win. Uh, performance of the night as well. He will now look to upset the young Grant Dawson and make his way in, back into the rankings. Uh, look, man, um, I think you and I have talked about this one. This fight could be a lot of fun. However, it's more likely going to be a lopsided win uh, for the young prospect. Go ahead and give me your preview. What do you think about this main event? I'm excited, man. It's nice seeing the – I mean, it's kind of weird. You know, you don't really think about it anymore. And that is with the former featherweight, now now lightweight um, – Obviously, at one point, with formerly known as Glory, no longer called Glory, uh, now the American Top Team. Uh, it's nice mm. to see that he's uh, reached these kind of heights and kind of where he's at now, now ranked as a lightweight, young, perfect time, prime of his career, just just perfect situation right now, you know. Uh, what is it to say? You know, fighting isn't just about uh, being good at fighting, but it's all about timing and being at the right place at the right time too. I'd say he's had. He's been uh, pretty fortunate in that department as well, because mm-hmm. uh, the division's kind of here soon, not that far from going to be in this transitional stage of getting rid of some of these older vets that have kind of been around, you know, the Justin Gaethje's, the Dustin Poirier's, the Benil Daryush's, mostly down to Tony Ferguson's, the Conor McGregor's, so on and so forth. You know, it's kind of nice that he'll be able to kind of just step right in, and uh, like you said, taking on a vet in Bobby Green, who's still hyper-competitive, even at his older age. Obviously, we know him because of that unique stance, that kind of style he has on the feet with the low hands. But always they're available for the takedown, you know, just ready to, to defend it. Uh, but, you know, I think he'll he'll give uh, Grant some issues. Obviously, I think uh, the thing is Grant's going to have trouble getting that takedown, I think, early on maybe. Or maybe not. Maybe he'll be able to get it quick. But the thing is, you know, I, I, Bobby's Green's hands are always going to be available at any point, And Grant's hands have... In my opinion, still haven't developed very far, and I think there's there's still new work they've gotten him this far. But with a game opponent like uh, Bobby Green, I think he might have trouble. But with that being said, Josh, I still think Grant Danson will get it done Saturday night against Bobby Green. Uh, I think it could be a uh, a boring, maybe not so fun decision, but he could get a finish, maybe a submission on the ground. But I think Bobby Green has developed his jujitsu now uh, pretty well, and I think that's going to be very hard to do. So mm-hmm. see what happens. We will see what happens. And, yeah, I'm mostly on the same page with you. I mean, look, I think on the feet, like you said, Grant Dawson, can he can use some more seasoning. You know what I mean? He can use some more development. And the reality is is that a fight like this is probably one of the better things to happen. I mean, I feel like he – Bobby Green's going to test him on the feet. Whatever deficiencies he has, Bobby Green is going to find them. Um, admittedly, I think the fight won't stay on the feet long. Uh, however long it will be, I expect Bobby to have some success. 
But you know, same page. I mean, I think this is this is a setup fight essentially for Grand Austin. They want to put a big spotlight on him. They think he's the real deal. He is the real deal, just to be clear. But uh, they know that this is a big spotlight. Bobby Green's a big name. Just came off a win over obviously Tony, who you know we kind of know the story there. You know, lost six fights in a row, and that was a sixth. And he had to look very impressive, and he even dropped Bobby. But at the same time, it was a big fight. Um, he had a lot of eyeballs in him in that one. So. Trying to go ahead and take some of that momentum for Bobby and transfer it over to Grant. You know, he's pretty clear what the use is trying to do here. But, uh, yeah, man, I think it's going to work out well for him. I think Grant Austin's the real deal. Holyfield, and I think he's going to go ahead and get a massive win on Saturday. Um, admittedly, you and I were talking about this in the green room, dude. I don't think there's a whole lot to say about the main event. I also don't know what there is to say about the rest of the card in some of these fights, and especially this co-main event. Uh, we know that Dana likes Joe Piper. We know that they view him as a very... Um, a potential middleweight prospect, and he has had some big wins, obviously Gerald Mearshart being the biggest one. He will now take on Abdul Hazak Al-Hassan. We know the story there. Uh, one of the hardest hitters in the UFC, no matter, you know, if you think you're going to have an easy fight against this guy, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your style is, how young you are, old you are. You better pack a fucking lunch, all right? So, uh and uh, we'll see if Joe Piper can go ahead and get the win here, man. Obviously, Alassane coming off a win over Claudio Badero in January. What do you think about this one? I don't – admittedly, I'm kind of torn on this one. I don't think it's going to last long no matter what, though. Oh, uh, no. I mean, it's going to end to finish. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, they're kind of uh, kind of setting him up here, kind of similar to the main event, right? Uh, they've got an older vet who's very dangerous still, but – it's giving the uh, the younger kind of up and coming guy a good opportunity to still showcase his skills and maybe fill in some holes or maybe kind of address those in this fight. Because I mean, Josh, I don't know, I don't know if I said this in the group, but Abdul Razak Al Hassan is it's thirty eight, a fresh thirty eight at that. But still, I mean, he's got an up in their age. He has a decent bit of miles. He was away from the game for a bit, suffered a few losses recently, bounced back with a. Two wins in recent time. He did have that split against Joaquin Buckley recently. But nevertheless, he's still powering those hands that anything could happen. But I'm still going to go Joe Pfeiffer in this, Josh. I mean, he's obviously, uh, you see something. I think he's good. He obviously has ground capabilities as well. We've seen that, uh, because we've seen him at those three grappling tournaments. Uh, hasn't, he took on Gerald Mershot, got the decision over him, which that's actually very impressive because it was just straight grappling. Mm-hmm. So he, it's not like Gerald Mershot had any excuses there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man, and like you went said, they're kind of setting them up here. I mean, it's it's very clear what the UFC is trying to do in the in the main and co-main, and uh, I get it, dude. Because just just to be clear, I mean, uh, Joe Piper does have a lot of potential, and I'm expecting him to probably get the win here. You know, um, I think Al Hassan hits very very hard. If Joe Piper's not on his A game, he's going to get finished. Um, I expect that he's going to be though. I mean, this is the biggest spotlight that he has that he's going to have on him so far. I guess I should say. And I think he's going to make the most of it. I'm expecting him to go out there and get a big win. Um, Al Hassan is 38. I think if they would have ran this, I mean, we've talked about this before, but he got year, he got robbed of years of his prime, you know. Um, and I think if this fight would have happened a couple years ago, it would have been different. But obviously, it's not. So I'm going to take Joe Piper to get the win. Uh, there's a reason why they are pushing him so highly. Why Dana, you know, talks a lot about him. They think he's the real deal. And uh, big, big potential to get a win here. Uh, you know, looking on down the card, man, I will say that the prelims have a bit to leave a bit to be desired, but I will say this main card is actually very, very solid, man. Which fights do you most want to talk about on it? Oh, man, let me take a little quick look here. Uh, I mean, I think for me, kind of, I mean, Drew Dover, Ricky Glenn, right? I mean, that has to be at 152, great 155ers. I think they're both quite literally the same age, funny enough. I think they're both 34. Uh Let's let's see if he can get it done this time, Josh. If you know the meme, you know the meme. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> if you know the meme, you know the meme. It's all I'm gonna say. I'm not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not gonna put it out there. Yeah, man, that's 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 a banger. That's a banger. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, look, like like you've been said, that's gonna be a fun one. Uh, obviously, Alexander Hernandez, Bill Algio is gonna be a banger for however long that one lasts. Um, Let's see if Bill Algio uh, shits on Kansas City again. Could um, <laughs> you imagine? Hey, you know what? Honestly, if he did it again, that's when it would, I would become a real fan. <laughs> at, least, at least he'd be doubling down on it, right? Exactly, exactly. But it's all right. You know, we'll we'll just beat Philly in, in the Super Bowl again, and he'll probably complain about it. Um, 
you know, and then also on the main card, uh, Alex Morona, Joaquin Buckley, dude, Alex Morona may look like a bag of milk, but he comes to bang. And Joaquin, like these guys, polar opposite body types, but this is going to be a fun, very uh, intense fight, man. Both these guys pack a lot of power. Uh, so I'm very excited to see that one. Um, you know, prelims, dude, what fights do you most want to talk about coming out of there? I mean, there are a couple of big names. Obviously, Carolina Kukovic is going to be back, but uh, in terms of the prelims one, right? specifically. Yeah. So that's the big one, especially since, I mean, at one point we were talking about her potential being cut. I mean, if she was on, what, a four or five, four or five fight losing streak? And yep. I thought I thought that was the end of it. I thought Jessica Panay had taken her out with the arm bar, but... Uh, she got another shot against Felice Herring, and then she bounces back with two more wins out of that. She gets here set up against Diana Belvita. Potentially, she could get another one. I mean, this is a big career fight for her, uh, mm-hmm. especially at this, uh, you know, I guess you could maybe say twilight years of her career. She's 37, going on 38 this year here soon. Actually, I think her, actually her birthday's in, it is the 15th. We're filming on the 4th, so in 11 days. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, if she gets it done, that's uh, that's uh, that's kind of impressive after having such a rough twenty. I guess it's already it's already twenty eighteen to twenty twenty one run because it was just going all wrong. And granted, I mean you look at those names: Jessica Andrade, Michelle Waterson, Alexa Grasso, champ, Yan Chana, title challenger here soon. Jessica Panay, vet. I mean it's it's nothing to be ashamed of by any means, but it just it looked very bad at the time. Mm-hmm. No, you're not wrong. Um, and like you said, this is a big one for her. I mean. She was very close to getting cut. I think they could have cut her, and nobody would have batted an eye. You know, like, it was five fights, and a lot of those weren't even very competitive either. Um, the Anjounan one, uh, Jessica Andrade fight specifically, weren't even competitive. Um, and she's won three in a row. You really do love to see it, dude. You really love to see it. And she's taking, hey, look, I love me some Deanna Lobita. I like her. Uh, I think she's some good striking. I think she's sweet, you know. She's funny. If you see like some of the interviews she's done, she's a good personality. I guess just is the is the term for it. Um, I don't think. I mean, I'm probably going to pick Carolina to win this fight, dude. Like, I think she's a very good chance of going. You know, winning her fourth fight in a row. Um, but anyways, man. Um, you know, in terms of the rest of the prelims, I mean, you got the return of Vanessa Diamopoulos against Conor Murata. Uh, that should be a fun one. Uh, Murata still has potential, in my opinion. Um, I mean, Nate Manis coming back should be fun. Montana De La Rosa versus J.J. Aldridge should be a little fun striking match, you know. Uh, Felipe Linz coming back against Ian Cotelaba. Felipe Linz, low-key three-fight winning streak. And then Ian Cotelaba just smashed Tanner the Bulldozer dozer in his uh, in his fight in UFC Kansas City. So, I mean, look, man, what's your excitement level for this card? Go ahead and give me it out of 10. I'm curious, genuinely curious. Man, it's like a six and a half. We actually don't fuck that a five. Yeah, I was like, that sounds way too high, bro. <laughs> hey, at least you like my honesty. I was like, you know something? Fuck that. I'm lying to myself. It's it's like a five, five and a half. Yeah, for real. Fuck it. I mean, I. Yeah, I mean, I'm the you same page. Anywhere between a five and a six, like I, it's failing. It's it's either just passing or failing. Yeah. I think I think on fight night though the main card should deliver. I mean the main card is I think constructed very well. Those fight styles are very entertaining. I'd, I'd say pretty much all the uh, fighters on that card are very good finishers. So I expect a lot of finishes. Same, and that's basically the only thing that's give that's having me give it like a. I'm gonna give it a five point one. <laughs> Fuck it, you know we're gonna Dude. add in the point system. We're gonna, we're gonna really use the full spectrum. Dude, you're that fucking asshole that's at a restaurant where you don't normally tip, and you'll tip like a dollar. No, fuck off. That has nothing to do with it. I, I, I'm a, I'm a great tipper. You, you know what I mean though. But I am, I am the IG interviewer that gives something like seven point three. I am that guy though. Like it's just no, but you know what I mean. You ever been somewhere you go like a or a place you're like you don't normally tip at, but they have a tip like like Sonic. You know Sonic has a tip option now, uh, like on their on their app. Dude, I you know what? This is a, this, I'm glad you brought that up because I went and got coffee, and uh, I went and got coffee at like Dutch Bros. You ever been to Dutch Bros. Angel? Um, once. Yeah. They have a few locations not closer in our area. Yeah, they got they got a shit ton in Kansas City now. Um, but anyways, yeah, like I went to Dutch Bros. and uh, normally I don't walk up, uh, and if you don't walk up and you order the the drive through, they don't say anything. But I walked up this time, and they're like, "Well, you want to go ahead and you know, here's the tip thing," and I uh, and I was like. 
oh, well, that's not going to happen, you know? Like, it's just, I don't get fucking tipped for my job, you know? Like, it's just, so I hit no, and I see the guy look down, and he goes, huh. And then, and then it took 25 minutes for my coffees to get done. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, if I can't go back to that Dutch Bros, fuck this guy. (laughs) If I go back to that Dutch Bros, I'll end up fighting that guy. So it's like, I know, hey, he thinks he's slick. I knew what he was doing, you know? Like, it's just. True true story. Was your coffee good at least? It'd be fine. I mean, if you, if you, if you go to one, it's like, Dutch Bros is like, they're all the same. Starbucks, if you go to one store, it's going to be the same thing every time, pretty much. It's hard to fuck that up. You know? But yeah, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not that guy, Angel. I am not, I'm on principle. I'm I'm standing on business, right? I'm that's that's what I'm standing. I mean, I, at Sonic, I do. They have like a roundup option, so I always round up. Which I'm like, that's all round. Yeah, I actually yeah, like rounding up. I, I'm like, that's pretty fair for a place you don't normally tip, you know? It's like, yeah, I got no problem rounding up because it's like, yeah, I'll definitely. And then, you know, if I got like a dollar, if I pay with cash, I'll just give them the fucking cash because I don't want to. I don't want to take cash out of it. But that that new thing that like everybody that like every business is doing is like, hey, you know. Like, I, I could have been born in any other time in history, Angel, and we're born in a time whenever every fucking company wants your money. Every dude, single time. Dude, so years ago. Yeah. Uh, how long would this... Let me think about how long it was. This had to have been sometime we were in high school, so 20... Anywhere between... Fuck. Yeah. Maybe 2015 and 2018? Because it wasn't 2019. I know that. It probably wasn't even 2018, so somewhere between 2015 and 2017. Me and my parents went to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went, we paid the, you know, we got everything, everybody was done, we got the ticket, uh, and we were, they were going to go to pay. And then they noticed that uh, it was very high. And I was like, what the fuck was it? We kind of started, they, you know, they looked at everything we got, they added it up. Like, Why is it so damn high? And then at the bottom, where, you know, it gives you your total tax, all of that, yeah. they saw, uh, like, appreciation or tip or whatever already added on there. Yo. Twenty percent, or whatever, or whatever the percentage was, can't remember. It was high. They're like, yeah. dude, they were like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? That's wild, dude. Dude, that was this is like that was the last time we went there. <laughs> that's pretty wild, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's hey, that, that's not surprising, about, dude. Like every single, I mean, if it was like fine dining, okay, yeah. maybe I can make an argument. Actually, you know, I could say that's more acceptable, right? You're eating at a fine restaurant. Oh yeah. Yeah, but that, but that's I know that wasn't fine dining though. I know it wasn't because if it was fine dining, they wouldn't have pulled that shit. You know, it would be better <laughs> if I was like, you know, it would be better if I'm like, this was Taco Bell, believe it or not. That's good. Well, that's that's exactly it, dude. I feel I feel like it's like all these like fucking like McDonald's is charging like fucking crazy crazy like McDonald's up their prices. Like, hey, you guys aren't fucking like. You gotta know your place, you know. Like it's just like you are not. <laughs> you, you gotta. You guys gotta know your place. You're the fucking cheap place that people go to. Like I am not gonna. I'm not gonna tip you an extra three dollars. I'm sorry. Like it's just. Like, I'm just gonna keep it one hundred, bro. I'm gonna keep one hundred. Like I'll. I'm. I'll tip. Like when I go out to actually eat and I sit down, like I'll tip like twenty. I'll. I'll tip more than normal because I know what it's like to be a server and that shit sucks. You know, right. like that could be really rough. So I'll tip more than normal. But if I roll up and I'm in the drive-thru and you're like, hey, you want to go ahead and hit this fucking screen that once, you know, you need to pay me an extra five bucks? It's like, no! Like, what? <laughs> so, uh, we got really off topic, but, I mean, let's be honest, there's not really a whole lot to really say about UCBSP. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is our show. We get to talk about whatever the fuck we want. That is true. That is true. Um, it is, and to be fair, there's not really, I'm more excited with the news portion than anything else on this show, but, um, yeah. No, yeah, no. I mean, we'll go ahead and, we'll go ahead and move on, man. Because, uh, obviously, UC Vegas 80 is going down. There is also another MMA card, and it is Bellator 300, the historic Bellator 300. Uh, the company has questions of if not, they will proceed as of now. Uh, but look, man, they do have a massive card coming up, and I'm a really big fan of this man card, man. you got three title fights, Usman Nurmagomedov taking on Brent Primus up at lightweight. Chris Cyborg defending featherweight gold against Kat Zingano and Liz Carmouche taking on Elimile McFarlane. Uh, heavy on the former UFC fighters, I should also say. So they got a lot of star power on here. Originally, we were supposed to see Ryan Bader in the main event, but uh, Linton Vassell was due to the illness. So it is what it is. Um, what do you think about the main event, man? What do you think about this card? What's your excitement level? What do you think, man? Uh, I mean, we're talking about a little bit about it in the greener room, man. I, I was excited decently until i realized 
holy shit, we lost Ryan Bader than Vincel. And also on top of that, playing out that Bellator 301 is significantly better than Bellator 300. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and on top of that, their prelims are pretty weak. They have a, a couple of names you've seen there uh, who, who I think are interesting, like your Bryce Memphis, your Liam McCourts, you know, obviously my uh, Davion Franklin, the guy I was bring up. Uh, obviously, Yags, Mercon, another guy I was bring up and we're rave about. But overall, like, it's pretty weak. Outside of the main event, I'd say the other two fights, and no disrespect to the ladies, they're just all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, and I'll get into it why I think they're just all right when we talk about them. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I think this card is pretty, pretty fun. I will say that outside of the title fights, it's a whole lot of nothing uh, for the most part. I mean, there's a couple of, there's singular guys here and there that I'm excited for, but kind of, kind of meh, you know? Um, look, man, I mean, we'll, we'll start off with the main event. Um, in the main event, like I mentioned, Usman Nurmagomedov thing on Brett Primus. Usman also went over the story, 17-0, just hasn't even been tested. Coming off a first-round submission win over Benson Henderson, um, that was his last fight. Taking on Brent Primus, former lightweight champion in his own right, incredible grappler, will likely test him on the mat. Coming off a win over Monsoor Barnaway in the opening, uh, excuse me, in the quarterfinal of the Belts for Lightweight Grand Prix. This is obviously going to be the semifinal. Um, look, man, what do you think of this one? Obviously, Nurmagomedov, huge favorite, not really... Uh, I mean, we're, hope, we're hoping for the best for Brent Primus here. I think maybe he'll be able to test him in spots, but I think Nurmagomedov is a clear favorite here. Look, he got, he got a lifeline, man. I mean, he wasn't originally in this tournament. He's getting an opportunity. We've talked about how kind of it's been it – was, it's very disappointing. He's a very interesting guy, but the issue was his career was his activity. He just wasn't active enough. He was also doing – Steve was still doing the jiu-jitsu stuff, still competing, which there's nothing wrong with. Obviously, there's a lot of guys that you've seen as well. Obviously, he suffered some losses that kind of slowed down his progress because – I mean, look on here. Some of these 155ers are very fucking good. I'd maybe even argue that if they were in the tournament, they'd probably be probably in the same position he is. The Alexander Shadley's Islam Mamadabs. You know what I mean? Um, and he had a, I mean, up until his Michael Chandler loss, obviously he did get the Michael Chandler win in New York, but you know, that's, you know, that's a whole other story we don't have to talk about. He's, he had a pretty good, pretty good run in Bellator. He's, he's a very interesting guy. One of the more, uh, that's a unique jiu-jitsu guys that we've ever had. Obviously, all these jiu-jitsu guys kind of come in and they kind of develop in their own way and kind of do their own thing, but he's always stuck to his guns, right? Uh, but I mean, as, as far as Usman, I mean, I, you, you would expect him to still succeed. Obviously, he's kind of, uh, developed a lot on the feet. He's very good on the feet, as we've seen. Uh, I mean, once he hits the ground, as far as submissions, I mean, obviously that's where the danger comes in. I feel as far as like getting to the ground, that's where the, the issues could be for premise. Cause I don't think, uh, He's going to be able to just pull guard, and Usman's going to get on top of him, and he's going to be able to submit him from bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same page. Um, I think uh, this is this – is, there could be moments where Brunfus has uh, little pockets of success, you know, maybe certain scrambles, you know. Um, and on the feed, I mean, I'd be interested. Because Brent Primus isn't terrible on the feed. He's actually pretty decent on the feed. But some of those low kicks, you know, he's got a heavy right hand, you know. Like, he's not terrible. Um He's not great either, but, you know, like, so it will be a relatively even striking match, I think. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take Usman to go ahead and get the win here um, and go ahead and advance, uh, whatever that means, uh, however long Bellator is going to be around. Um, co-main event. Uh, co-main event. Like I said, this was really supposed to be, like, Ryan Bader in the main event, so everything got moved one fight up. Um, Chris Cyborg is back for the first time in over a year. Last time she fought was a win over Arlene Blenko via Nam's decision last April. She will now return to defend her uh, Bellator featherweight world title against Kat Zingano, former UFC veteran Kat Zingano. Uh, won four fights in a row in the Bellator cage, including Leah McCourt, Pam Sorensen, a couple of good names in there. Um Another clear favorite in this fight. I'd say there's actually pretty clear favorites in all of these fights. Um, but what do you think about this one? Uh, these these gals have had a lot of you – know, they've been talking shit for against one, each, uh, one another for a while. So uh, a lot of heat going into this one. What do you think? Okay, this is, let me get into it. My issue with this fight is I feel like it should have happened a long time ago. Um, yeah. I feel like it should have happened a lot sooner. I mean, it's still good. It's still entertaining. I think it will be great. I think uh, – Obviously, they're both older, respectful, you know, to be respectful to them. Uh, Kat's 41 now. Uh, Chris is 38. I mean, it's, uh, you know, this fight's a little overdue, I'd say, but 
it is what it is. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I would still expect Chris to get it done how she has every time. Because if Legato comes out here and does something, though, Josh, I will be shocked. Like, respectfully, but I just, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't see, I don't see a path to victory here. I mean, it's possible. She has a lot of experience. She's gritty. She's tough. Obviously, she has a win over, over the GOAT, Amanda Nunes, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, can, can she get it done against Chris Cyborg? I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it happening. Even at uh, Cyborg's older age. Yeah, same page, man. I mean, similar case here. I mean, Kazan Gano is an absolute dog. And I've always said that in Bellator with, with, you know, Chris Cyborg, realistically, the only person who I think can test her and potentially pull off a win is Kazan Gano. She's so fucking tough. Uh, she has the heart of a lion. I mean, we, we know that, we know the story, basically. I mean, she, you, you brought the Amanda Nunes win. Um, she beat her. Which was almost a decade a decade ago at this point, but she beat her. That's wild. I know, it kind of fucks me up. But she beat her by walking through the fury and standing in there and not backing down and walking forward. She's gonna have to do the same thing here, man. She's gonna have to walk forward, get in the clinch, try and get her down to the ground. Um, and you know, I think she's done it the right way. She's been fighting at 145 for you know two or three years now. She did not just come up from 135 for this fight, you know, like. She she built her body for the weight class. Um, she's very strong there. We've seen that, and she's had the big grappling advantage. But I don't think it's gonna matter. I think uh, I think Chris Cyborg's been training her hands too, man. I mean, she looks sharp. They're some sharp. Those, yeah, they're real sharp <laughs> right now in some of those boxing matches, dude. So I think she's probably gonna win in in you know a big fashion. I'm I'm fully expecting uh, Chris Cyborg to get a massive win on on Saturday. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I would. I mean, look, I, I think Katzengano is gonna have moments of success. I'm a big cat fan too. Like, let me just be very clear. Like, I love me some Katzengano, and I think there's gonna be moments where maybe she can get a takedown. Maybe she'll be able to press her to the fence, work for the body, you know, do certain do certain things here and there that'll go ahead and play dividends. But I don't think it's gonna matter enough in the end to pull off the win. So, that's about how I feel about it. Um, that being said, man, uh, we do got one more title fight on the Bellator 300 main card. Uh, and it's women's flyweights. Um, this one, you can kind of tell, this is a bit of a, this is a bit of gimme, gimme, uh, title shot. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Liz Carmouche, uh, been champion. She won the title controversially against, uh, Juliana Velasquez back in April, last April, excuse me. Uh, but since then, she's racked up a couple of big wins, Deanna Bennett, Juliana Velasquez, neither one of those were controversial. Uh, she will now take on former champion Alimale McFarlane, and we're talking about the end of Bellator. Alimale McFarlane will probably go down as one of Bellator's homegrown stars, I feel like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, she's been very upfront about the fact that this might be her um, retirement fight. She last beat Connell Watson by split decision. That was a very controversial fight. Prior to that, she beat Bruna Ellen by unanimous decision. She missed weight for that one, too. And prior to that, she had lost two fights badly. Um... You know, she's taken the time. She's healed up. You know, we know that she's had a lot of neck issues. Will Alimelea McFarlane be, all, be able to pull off the upset? These two used to train with each other as well, I believe. Um, so there's, there's a bit of a backstory there. You know, what, what do you think about this one, man? I mean, I think that the fact that the train makes the fight interesting at one point, that's another that's another reason I kind of have an issue with this fight is they're friends. From what I know, they're actually really close friends, which, you know, when friends fight, we've seen what could happen, Josh. You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's definitely a thing that could potentially affect the fight. I don't know if it will or won't, but it's something to think about. Uh, and obviously you addressed her, her injuries. Uh, I mean, look, if, if she comes in, she's healthy. The friendship thing doesn't get in the way. I think this matchup could actually be very hyper competitive. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I'm, I, I gotta be honest, dude. Like I, this could be competitive. I think this fight would be competitive. If it happened like in 2020. But I really do think Lee Lay, like, I think I think she's probably not letting on how bad her neck truly is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably something to do with it. That's probably why I think this fight's not going to be very close. Um, I think Liz Carmouche is going to smash her, if I'm being honest. I've been very impressed with Liz's belt all around, so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like you, like you said, I mean, they are teammates. So, I mean, weirder things have happened for, for two teammates to go out there and basically just have a staring contest, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, that is that is correct, you know. Um, 
So yeah, man. I mean, that's that's about how I feel about it. I mean, I think I think Liz Carmouche should go out there and better win, get a big win. I mean, we know that Lima is very very tough, and she might have some some moments. And I expect this fight will be fought on the ground, and maybe she'll be able to have maybe she'll throw up a couple of submission attempts or, or something like that. She's not bad off her back, but um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Liz Carmouche to go ahead and get the win here. Um, regardless, uh, looking at the rest of the Bellator 300 card, like I said, there's you know there's a couple of good names. There's a couple of Eh, names. Uh, what fights are you most excited for? We're taking a look at those YouTube prelims. <laughs> those YouTube prelims. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing to call them. But... I'm just, I'm just. Saying, I mean, they I'm are trying... that, but you know. That's I mean. my way of just letting people know in case they don't know that they're going to be on YouTube. So, yeah. Good man, good man. Oh, I agree. I mean, dude, Yags. I mean, I think ever since he's come into Bellator, he's always he's been an entertaining guy. Uh, I think all of his fights have been pretty good. I don't feel like he's had a bad fight, even when he's lost. I think it's been good. I mean, that Carlo Brexton fight. Fucking banger! Uh, definitely, it was one up there with for fight of the year. I think it was, but it was it was definitely up there to be brought up or at least a honorable mention. Uh, Davion Franklin, obviously, I bring him all the time. Heavyweight uh, comes out of Jackson Wink, you know the story there. I bring, like I said, I mention him all the time anytime he's on a bullet record. I said those are my kind of two most look forward to fights, and obviously Romero Cotton, Grant Neal, underrated banger. Grant Neal kind of. For me, kind of came out of nowhere, but he got two big wins over two guys I did not expect. Uh, Christian Edwards and Carla Rickson, and now he's here taking on Mercado, who's been kind of a homegrown guy, was a, uh, was a college wrestler, got bred in, trains out of AKA, and uh, did suffer his first loss against Dalton Rosa, but Dalton Rosa's a fucking dog. Yeah. No, he is. He is a fucking dog, dude. So, uh, yeah, you mentioned Yags. Uh, huge Yags, man. I think we are the... <laughs> We are we are the Yag stands, all right. I, I wish I wish I wish Belton was more popular so Yags had a bigger fan base. You know what I mean? Um, did you, you can't tell me if Yags was in the UFC and had like let's say the same fights, but in the UFC he wouldn't get some love. Yeah, I mean the Corey Anderson. To be fair, he got smashed by Corey Anderson, but that that Carl Albuquerque fight was pretty entertaining from what I remember. The Rafael Cavallo fight was a fucking war. Like Cavallo, I am not a huge fan of. Still salty because of the man how it fights. It's been almost ten years. Don't give a fuck, you know. Um, but you know, like that fight with with uh, Rafael Carvalho, Don uh, Yags versus Carvalho was a banger. That Wait, I which fight? fight was, uh, Rafael Carvalho. Yeah, but what, what fight are you still salty about? Did you say? Oh, the the he, so Carvalho about a decade ago fought Melvin Manhoff twice, um, uh-huh. and the first fight was the worst decision I'd ever seen. I still think it's the worst fight I've ever seen. Like decision. <laughs> I mean, he's up there as one of the worst fights ever too. But I think, like, Carvalho won two rounds in that fight by, like, he, I don't even think he threw a punch. I, I'm curious if we can find the MMA decisions on this one. Yeah, that's the fun fact of the day. Let's get into it. Yeah. Okay, so this was Bellator 155. Rafael Carvalho versus Melvin Manhoff. Not a single person scored it for him. And the, the most popular fan result was 50-45 Melvin Manhoff. Jesus Christ. I gave him all five rounds. It was it was a comedy. It's it's probably the most infuriating. It's you know like Angel. Like I got to be honest. It's the most frustrating fight I've ever seen. It's it's the one that like just thinking about it now, I'm getting <laughs> angry about it again. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. He was another like Bellator kind of for the most part kind of homegrown talent. I mean, he got yeah. signed like you know outside of outside of the, you know he was in some uh, other promotions kind of fought you know smaller shows and then made his jump to Bellator and had a pretty successful career there for a while. I mean, to be fair, the issue with the hot, the issue with Javier Cavallo and his title run is like, you know, like okay, so you look at it, you know, he beat Brandon Halsey. Brandon Halsey was a fun guy. He wasn't very good, but he was fun. You know, he had he had a lot of fun fights. Um, he beat Melvin Manhoff in the worst decision I'd ever seen. I mean, Javier Cavallo, Melvin Manhoff won, and not only that, I'm pretty sure he like it's been ten, almost ten years. Like I'm pretty sure like he kicked him in the dick and he eye poked him twice too, and they never took a point. Damn. And, uh, you know, like, it was just a combination of being one of the worst fights I've ever seen. But Melvin Manhoff clearly winning that fight, I think he won every single round. And then they gave it to Rafael Cavallo. And then the next fight happens. They rematched, like, the next year. And it was another case. It was a close fight. I think he, like, kicked him in the dick in the fourth round. And then he knocked out Melvin with a head kick. And it was just, it was so depressing. And then he knocked out super old Alessio Sicaro, so... I don't like Rafael Cavario, but, you know, like you said, he was good for a time, you know. Um, to kind of bring it back in, I mean, 
Like I said, excited for Yags. Uh, I'm excited to go ahead and see Henry Corrales versus Kai Kamak at Featherweight. That is a b- 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 banger. All Let right. Him Let him know. Let him know. Yeah. Sarah McMahon. Uh, always a big fan of Sarah McMahon. Um, long time UFC bet. She's been around the game forever, man. So you got to go ahead and got to go ahead and give her some love. Uh, taking on Liam McCourt, who we know the story there. I mean, at one point, hyped, not a hyped up prospect, but had more hope than I think um, we should have. I mean, started off 6-1, and one, beat Mana Faroe, beat a couple of other good names, uh, lost two of her last three. We'll see if she can pick up a win here. Um, yeah, man, it's not that great of a card. Looking up and down it, like, the main card's great. Prelims are pretty meh. Um, and I forgot to mention Davion Franklin, um, who, I, you know, I'm a big fan of. I still think, like, if he would have gotten into the sport earlier, because that motherfucker is so athletic. And he's still only 29, so who knows? But, so many people like that man, right? Yeah. But he's so athletic. I, I would have loved to see him. You know, you want me to, you know I'm going to throw in a little random one in here. There's yeah, another ahead, one. Je- Jenna Bishop, Josh. Uh, she's a Jiu-Jitsu world champion, primarily in the gi. I haven't, she had a fight in Bellator already. I remember looking at her then, but I didn't pay too much attention to how she did. Uh, I remember she was like a big favorite to going into it, but she was fighting like some girl who's 9-4. She's 5-0 and right now. Also, she came from the gi too, which going from gi to fighting MMA – it's not like she was doing, you know, no gi-jitsu either, which that would have been a little different for me. She's having a little bit of success. She is 37, though, which is kind of rough and at flyweight. So, but, you know, women, you know, can last longer. And she's had a pretty successful kind of jiu-jitsu career as a whole, done pretty well. ADCC, IBJJF, you know, all of these fucking other things that all of these grappling promotions and other kind of smaller tournaments. Um, and she's made the transition over. She went straight into LFA, which, you know, when everybody kind of knows about LFA. You, uh, UFC kind of picked out a lot of fighters out of, out of there. And she, uh, managed to get like three wins in a row. And Bell's was like, you know, something got to hop on this girl and get her in. And now she is. I think she got, actually, she got four wins at LFA, my bad. But just kind of someone kind of keeping out there, but I don't know how long it lasts. And she's taking on a, a Brazilian guy who's 11 and seven. So, I mean, you can only <laughs> imagine, but we'll see how she does. Well, that case, nice, dude. I mean, hey, I didn't, I didn't expect you to go ahead and uh, shout that one out. So that's a good call out, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Belts for 300, like you said, Belts 301 is admittedly better um, and maybe even better because they might add Ryan Bader versus Linton to sell to it. So um, that would be pretty fucking sick if they can. But we, we will see, man. I mean, I'm excited for Belts for 300. The historic card, we're in the final months, years, days. Who knows a Bellator? Uh, every event could be their last. So fucking, you better tune in. So we'll see. Um, how their how their uh, card goes this weekend. Um, regardless, man, we're going to go ahead and move over to news. Uh, this is actually a bit of a recap. I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Canelo Alvarez returned to the ring on Saturday night for a historic fight with Jermel Charlo. This was the first time in boxing history when two male undisputed champions faced off. In the end, it wasn't even close. Uh, nobody told Jermel that apparently it was a historic fight. Uh, Canelo didn't even have to leave first gear to go ahead and just easily coast to a unanimous decision win. He got a knockdown early in the fight. Uh, like I said, didn't have to show anything too new, nothing too crazy. Uh, what did you think about the fight, man? Um, I'd say it was very hyped up. I don't know if it lived up to the hype, but what would you think about it, man? And uh, you are muted, by the way. Oh, man. <laughs> it was one-way traffic. <laughs> <laughs> It was one-way traffic. I mean, uh, you could argue that Canelo won pretty much every round. I gave, I think, on my scorecard, Charlotte maybe two rounds. And I could, like I said, you could even maybe argue only one or none. Um, and like you said, we were talking a little bit about it in the viewing room. Like you said, it, it felt like Canelo didn't even have to go into second gear or third gear or fourth gear or anything. Mm. I mean, he got the knockdown. At that point, I'm like, well, he just secured the win. Because once yeah. you get that first knockdown, man, it's it's just all pressure on the opponent to play catch-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, I don't think I gave uh, Charlotte around, not to be mean. Um, I don't think I did, though, off the top of my head. Um Look, man, it was it was a it was a stellar performance from Canelo, but like I said, he did not even have to exit first gear. It was an incredibly easy one for him. Um, he didn't show anything new. I, for me, it was, this was, I was really excited for this fight. I was very, I gotta be honest, I'm super disappointed in the outcome. Um, the fact that Charlotte didn't really, he didn't go for it. And the reality is when you're fighting a guy like Canelo Alvarez, 
you kind of got to go for it. Now, granted, you might be like Caleb Plant, and you might get knocked the fuck out and go out on your shield. Um, but, man, like, Charlo, I mean, I don't know. He wasn't do- – I mean – the, the way that I thought he was going to win this fight, like, I didn't, we didn't get super in-depth in the preview, mostly because I didn't think there was any chance of him winning this fight, but I thought if he was going to win this fight, he's going to have to go ahead and stay on the outside, use combination punching, stay moving, so on and so forth. And to be fair, he stayed moving. He did not throw any combinations. <laughs> it's just, just <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, it was very much singular shots, uh, and for, and he's one of the greatest combination punchers down at 154 anyway, so it's just, he can never become the he can never become the yeah. ring general, which was the issue. He never had a, yeah. a single round where he ever had a, where he had Canelo going backwards. And honestly, I can't even remember where he made him make a step back. To be honest, it was always him going backwards, moving to the side rather than he, he was never able to reset to the center or anything yeah. like that. Really, maybe like a few times, but they were insignificant at that. You just had a lot of trouble, and I, I was just hoping I'm like, dude, you got to circle out, you got to make it back to the center. Make it a little messy for a second, and 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 then maybe get something off, and he just couldn't. Yeah, I mean, and that's exactly it, dude. I mean, you're, if you're taking a look at, like, how are you going to beat Canelo Alvarez, like Angel? If I were to ask you, like, how are you going to beat Canelo Alvarez? You know, like, I'd say the first and foremost thing that you have to do as a boxer is you have to get his respect. And um, if you can't get his, and, and to be fair, like, there's times where it's like. Sometimes, like, you know, for example, he, Caleb Plant, I brought him up earlier. Like, he kind of kept him off for the first couple of rounds through flash and using the jab, substance, moving. And, like, eventually he lost, right? But that was because he opened it up and he went for it, you know? Um, Charlo did not go for it. He didn't sit down on anything either. He went out there and just, he was there. You know what I mean? He was just kind of there. Like, he, he, was a, he didn't want to get knocked out. He did not want to be that guy who got flatlined. So he kind of just, he was just a survival. Static. Yeah, it was survival. That was it. He he didn't really go for it. He didn't try to win, and that's why I'm so disappointed. You know, and I saw a lot of people being like, "Oh God, boxing!" Like, I saw a lot of people being like, "Oh God, you know, another boxing match that sucked." And they're like trying to rip boxing. It's like, guys, I really don't think it's a boxing thing. I think it's you know, I think it's a Jermel Charlo not throwing punches thing. But that's just me. Um, yeah, and anyway, that's all I got to say about it. In terms of what's next, man. Um, Maybe Terrence Crawford, who knows? Maybe it'll be, you know, Benavidez. Probably not Bivol, although he keeps on talking about it. I mean, who do you want to see Canelo Alvarez fight next after his win over Jamel Charlo? Anybody, bro. Anybody. Especially because we won't get to see him until next year. Yeah. Yep. That is true. He, what do you say? Cinco de Mayo, I believe? Yes, is his sir. Part? Yeah. Yep. So a little, quite some while from now. Yep. Yep. We will, uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. I mean, um. Yeah, half a year. I would love. Well, hold on. Do, so, do you know about who David Benavidez is fighting next? He got a fight announced. Oh my God, who was it? I saw it too, not too long ago. It's it's a it's a it's a banger of a pay per view, and I believe it's going down like on Thanksgiving weekend. You have David Benavidez taking on Demetrius Andrade in the main event. That's what it is. Yeah, so that's a banger. So maybe the winner of that, but also they have uh, Jermall Charlo versus Jose Benavidez Jr. In the coming event. So that's a fun little Thanksgiving card, which uh, is going down. So, yeah, I mean, both of those are, are legitimately options. So, um, both, like, the winners of both of those fights, I should mean. Because Jose Benavidez won't be the first choice, but, you know, Canelo likes a good story. I could see him picking Jose if he beats Jamal and then just beating up on him and then booking a fight with David, you know what I mean? Like, weirder things have happened, and he doesn't seem to really like David Benavidez for whatever reason. So, um that's all I got to say about it. Um, hey, and that's Demetrius Andrade's potential chance to have his come-out party. You know what I mean? Like, finally take out the big name. I mean, he's taking out good guys in the division, but, I mean, like, really take on someone of major, major relevance. It's like, yeah, Canelo, you can't run away from me now. Yeah, I would not be surprised at all if he actually beats him. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Demetrius Andrade guy, so. He wanted um, that fight. He's been wanting it. You gotta, he's got his chance at earning it right here. Exactly. Exactly. Um but, dude, I mean, hey, we actually got a lot of boxing stuff to talk about this week. Um, a fair bit of it, I guess, today. Because we talked about that, and now we also got, uh, we finally got the announcement, man. Um, for the better part of a year, we've talked about Tyson Fury not fighting Alexander Usyk <laughs> for the better part of a year. And it really looked like he had no interest. He was talking about fighting John Jones. He said that I'm done with these fights. I'm only looking for money fights. I don't really care about fighting contenders or champions or whatever it is. Apparently, he w- Angel, I hate to say it, 
Tyson Fury, he was fucking with us. He was he was goofing around. Tyson Fury, he's a big goof, you know. Um, he was fucking with us the whole time. Because Tyson Fury versus Oleander Usyk is going to go down December 23rd from Saudi Arabia. Undisputed heavyweight championship fight. It'll crown the first undisputed heavyweight champion since Lennox Lewis in 2002. Holy shit. So, fucking history going down in Saudi Arabia. But here's the element, Angel. That obviously, you know. Yeah. You let, know about. Know. you let him know, Josh. Francis Ngannou has the possibility to do the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> if, if Tyson, the only thing standing between the first undisputed heavyweight champion in over 20 years is fucking Francis Ngannou. And look, normally I, the odds are what they are, you know, but I know that the MMA gods are probably going to be using every ounce of their being to cause chaos later this month in Saudi Arabia, dude. What do you think about the right. fight announcement with Usyk, and what do you think about the situation with Aghani, man? Hey, man, he has an opportunity to make something that will piss off all the boxing fans even more. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that would be a pretty cool storyline if it did manage to happen. It's very unlikely, but hey, man, we're yet to see uh, Dare to be Great. And uh, let's see, Fury still has to take care of business here in a few weeks, so nothing's set in stone yet, really, you know? Um I'm excited. I think this adds another element to be to, to, to be perfectly honest, Josh. There's probably a little bit. MMA fans, boxing fans, probably had some. You know, they they were they were and weren't excited for Ngannou Fury, but I think this adds an element of interest now, knowing that like the immediate next fight for Fury is Usyk, and what if Ngannou comes in here and changes that up? Hmm. Yeah, exactly, dude. I mean, there is there's much more. I'm way more excited for this fight. And Ganu versus Fury than I was before, you know, and they're probably gonna have Usyk front row too. You know what I mean? Um, and you know what the funniest part about this is, is that like, so hypothetically, like, <laughs> so Ganu can win this fight, like he can knock out Tyson Fury, but he won't win the title. The WBC, the WBC heavyweight title is not on the line in that fight, Angel. Just the lineal title is. So hypothetically, you know, they can have a fucking Fury could still fight uh, Uzik afterwards, but it won't matter. Franz Ngannou is the real lineal heavyweight champion. Heavyweight champion of the world. Could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> With one pro boxing match. With Yeah, exactly, dude. I am... It'd be the most G shit, dude. You, you just hope, right? Obviously, you can only hope. But we'll, yeah, we'll I mean, look. Yeah, I mean, Uzik Fury was the fight I probably wanted to see most all year. Like, I am so excited for that one. I have no idea who's going to win. Everybody, you know, I, everybody immediately thinks Tyson, and I get it because of Usyk's last fight. But it's like, hey, man, I don't know. Fury tr- famously struggles with smaller guys, you know, so who knows? It's going to be an awesome fight. But at the same time, who even knows if we'll get there? He's got to fight Francis Ngannou. I mean, and granted, we've been very upfront about the fact that we don't think Francis Ngannou has much of a chance. But at the same time, you know, I'm I'm praying to all the gods out there. You know, I'm I'm <laughs> fucking every single one that uh, he can pull the upset entirely just for the means. So that's what I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, that's basically all I got to say about it. I mean, I one last thing. I did like Francis's response. I did like I did like Big Fran. I did like what he said uh, on Twitter after the fight announcement. You know, he said, like, how he's going to be able to fight, you know, with that, uh, the medical suspension he's going to have after he fights Ooh. me. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, hey, all right, hey, all right, Francis. Okay, okay, big man. Let me tell you something even better, Josh. If Francis doesn't even beat Usyk, or beat Fury, I mean, not Usyk, if Francis doesn't even beat uh, Fury, he could at least Stipe DC him, dude. Yeah. Dude, that that's another fact. Look, that... He might he, he might not even he he might start the job for Usyk and Usyk just has to finish it. <laughs> so well, also it is very bold of him to book it two months after. That is very ballsy, dude. I don't care like who. Because it, I mean, a cut can fuck it up in two months. Cut injury, you know, whatever. Holy shit, Francis is a little better than what I thought. Got to got to really put the workhorse on this one. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But there's 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 a little element of risk, and I dude there is there is a there is a significant element of risk, dude. I mean it is a um, 
It's it's going to be interesting, dude. It's going to be interesting. I think that basically everybody's already seen the sparring footage of Ngannou, and we kind of talked about it, you know, about, you know, him. It was very light sparring. You, it, for what it's worth, and I also saw some people being like, why is he training with Derek Chisora? He, he's trained with, um, not Derek Chisora, excuse me. Um, oh, my God. Carlos Stockham. Uh, Carlos Stockham, sorry, other name. Um, gotcha. It's other C name, excuse me. Um, Carlos Stockham. They've trained together for a while. So that's partly why. Um, like, even he, before, he, yeah, before he f- booked this fight with, with Fury. So that's part of it. Um, so, I mean, I expect that Ngannou's taking his preparation seriously. And, uh, hey, man, like, the shit talk, everything is more exciting now that Tyson Fury has signed this fight. So, um, I'm looking forward to it, man. Very thrilled. So happy they got the deal done. Um, excited to see both these guys get paid, too, man. Tyson Fury is going to clear a shit ton of money. Like, his 2023 is going to be crazy. You know, get pay a lot of taxes. So, you know, good luck with him um, on that. But, uh, anyway. All right. And, uh, you know, speaking of exciting fights, man, um, there's no other way to describe this than, than holy shit. Uh, Cedric Duwambe, who we've talked about on the show before, um, was supposed to fight for the UC, but he had some issues with uh, the French Athletic Commission, and he couldn't fight his first fight, so they released him. He headed to the PFL, and his first fight against Jordan Zebo, PFL Europe 3, going down in his home country of, of, of France, he walks out with the mattress that says, Bon Luis Jordan, and he goes out, and he fucking kills him in nine seconds. He brought the mattress, Angel, and he put him to sleep, Okay. And he did it in front of fucking Mbappe. He did it in front of multiple famous soccer players who I admittedly don't know. I mean, it was it was a crazy night, you know. Um, France was popping. France was popping, man. God damn. What do you think about Cedric Duwambe, dude? I mean, what a performance. I had no idea. I had no idea his fans were this, how do I put it, this excited for him. I didn't know how many fans he had. Because he had that arena going, man. Like, if I told you that was a UFC fight night in France, and that was the people there, I mean, I, you would have believed it. But no, this was the PFL Europe. And, dude, he he was the main event, not even being in the, like, European kind of tournament thing they are doing, too. And he had that crowd going, goes out there, takes care of business, too, in exciting fashion, which gives him even the bigger pop. I mean, you saw the stardom right then and there. It was pretty impressive for only having four professional fights. As far as MMA, that's not including his kickboxing, way more in kickboxing, I think over 80 in kickboxing. I mean, that was, uh, that was impressive. I mean, that was super typical. Mm. Yeah, dude. I mean, look, we, you know, we, we knew Cedric Duwambe was good because we know we, you and I know a little bit of a story, you know, like we're, I'm, I'm, I like to watch some kickboxing when I can, and I know you do too, but honestly, we haven't seen everything. We know this guy was a very good kickboxer, one of the pound for pound best in glory. And we know that, you know, his whole debacle with the UFC, and I saw a lot of people blaming the UFC. Like, to be fair, it's not entirely the UFC's fault. Um, but they did release him, you know, and uh, after he had issues getting to clear, getting cleared to fight on Darion Weeks, because I guess the French Athletic Commission has some weird rules or whatever. And they released him, and he was asked about it, and he was like, yeah, they fucked up. <laughs> they fucked up, and uh, they know they fucked up, you know, um, because that was... That was a that was a night and that was a performance that like you're watching that and you're seeing his connection with the crowd, his connection with the people, and it felt like it was a big fight feel that I feel like no other company from the U that but the UFC has had for a very long time. Like we'll talk about Bellator, but even whenever I'm watching Bellator, it doesn't feel like what I'm watching is that important. You know what I mean? Like there's only been like a there's been like very probably limited moments. I think the one that I remember that like really stuck with me was first AJ McKee and a pitbull fight. That moment felt super heavy to me. Yeah. Like what was at stake? Uh the hype, the attention, the media coverage. And then and I think even then that, that moment didn't receive as much it could have been much bigger still. There was still something about it where I was like, Holy fuck, there's there's some weight to this and I feel it. I feel it in my shoulders, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly it, though. Is that fight was like three years ago now, so <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, yeah, it is. It is pretty crazy. And and you know, to be fair, like 
Beltor's tried, and so and so has PFL. They've also tried, and so have so many of these companies. They've tried a lot, but like watching Cedric Duwambe, I was watching this, watching him, and I'm like, oh, he's it. He's a star. He's that fucking guy. He's him. He, he's him. He is him. And PFL has needed a guy that is him. You know what I mean? Like they've needed somebody because they have a lot of big names, but. There's something exciting about getting in on the ground floor of something, and I think that's why Cedric Duambe is going to be so popular. Because this guy only has five fights. You know, he's a former glory guy. There's the backstory of the UFC, you know, really signing him and then releasing him, and he didn't fight for them. And, you know, it's like there's so much going into it to where it's like, holy shit, you know, like, we're going to have some fucking fun, man. And Cedric Duambe, and look, dude, like, he's already, he's already talking, like, he's already talking and calling his shot, dude. Like, he said, like, you know, like, I'll fight any big free agents that are out there, like Maslow. If Maslow wants to come over here, I'll fight him. I'll fight Anthony Pettis, you know. I want to fight some of these big names. I'll fight Nate Diaz, like. And I think Cedric Duwambe, the PFL knows that he has star potential. I mean, I his knockout was being replayed, you know, in spaces that uh, you don't expect to normally see MMA at. You know what I mean? Like, it was all over sports and all over ESPN. And it happened on a fight on a night where there's no fights, too. So that helped. But, yeah, man. I mean, that's basically my closing thoughts. Any, any final thoughts on Cedric Duwambe uh, in his star-making performance? Epic. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. But, yeah. Fair enough, man. Yeah. Keep it short and sweet, man. Fair enough, man. Yeah. Um... Next up, this is kind of just a continuation of a story we talked about last week, and we got to give her props. Angela Lee, former one, well, was previously the current one, I believe, Adam Wayne champion, has retired from the sport of MMA. We know the story with her sister, who uh, took her own life tragically late last year, and uh, it was confirmed uh, last week that it was suicide, and also Angela Lee talked about her own um, battles with mental health. And uh, she's decided to retire. Um, not a whole big shock here. She can, obviously, she's young enough to come back if she wants. But if this does end up holding, what do you think about the career of Angela Lee and her decision to retire? I mean, she became a, a star in this promotion, man. Uh, and one, she had a lot of love, a lot of, you, you saw even that fight week. She got pops even when she retired. And it was very real, man. It was, um, a lot of times people probably make fun of one and, you know, bring up the fact that uh, <laughs> maybe they're pumping some fake noise in there or something, but dude, like all of that there was very, very real. And then and the media and all that and all they, they did for her, uh, like you brought up, she's still young enough to potentially come back. If she doesn't, you know, it is what it is. Um, it's sad because, uh, she, yeah, she's very entertaining, had a good fight style, had a long time left in her career still. And uh, like I said, built this fan base in this, other promotion that has a lot of potential and is still growing in it of itself. Uh, you know, very sadder situation. You saw she was embraced a lot that week by a lot of the fighters, even Stamp, obviously, you know, shared a, there was a lot of stuff between them specifically promotionally. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was kind of nice that Stamp won this fight. Obviously, no disrespect to her opponent, but it was kind of like, okay, you know, the last fight that Angela had at this weight class was against Stamp. And it was close. She got hurt with a body shot in that fight and recovered. And came back in the next round and took care of business in that round and the following round. And then Stamp comes out in this fight, ends the fight with body shots, followed up by ground and pound. And it was kind of like this kind of poetic moment. And then she receives the title. And then afterwards, they kind of have uh, this heartfelt moment in the back. And, and she asked to call her sister. And it was super emotional, man. And it was very nice to see. It was it was all all a little too perfect, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, it really it was a very emotional um, moment. Obviously, with Stamp as well, you mentioned, um, and she obviously won the title, became became the uh, undisputed champion, I believe is is the term. Because um, really three, the three sport champ, three sport champion as well. Um, so we got to give her props on that. At least that title was it was supposed to be originally for the intern title, and they told them like the morning of or the day before that it was for the the undisputed. Yeah. Um, which was pretty sick, man. So yeah, it, was I mean, pro- it was an appropriate thing to tell them, right? Because then they both knew, oh, shit, we know what's on the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Admittedly, I don't have a whole lot to say here. I mean, we, we kind of talked a little bit about this last week. Um, essentially that, 
you know, like she was likely going to retire, and we kind of talked a lot about her own story, so I don't have a whole lot to say. But, man, look, hell of a career. Hell of a career. If she decides to come back, um, I'd be surprised, to be honest with you, but, I, I, you know, weirder things have happened. Um, she's young enough to where she wants to, she can. And But I do think her kind of focus on, on you know, mental health, I know that she's starting, I believe it's called Fight Story is the name of the, the company that's essentially like, it's a way for fighters to talk about their own, you know, battles with mental health or anything, really. Their own, what's on their mind and to, you know, write about it or so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, shout out Fight Story, man. And uh, Angela Lee and some of the stuff that she's doing over there. Hell of a career as well. Like I said, it's all too perfect, man, because obviously Angela Lee exits as a star. And right in, you get another gal who's a, who's a really big star in Stan Fairtex to kind of, I'm not going to say take the mantle, but kind of, you know, maybe to help. You know, and add to what Angela did, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but I mean, admittedly, that's all. That's essentially all I got to say. And also, if you guys still have not read her um, her players, what's called the Players Tribune, I believe her piece, uh, excellent. So, um, yeah, go ahead and read that as well as you know, go ahead and check out Fight Store, man. I'm very intrigued to see what that's going to turn into be. So. You, I hope it's big, right? Like we all hope it's big, and we all hope it makes a difference. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's important for the fighters too, and hopefully, uh, it's not just one fighters, but fighters from other promotions, small promotions too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, and nonetheless, man, we'll go ahead and keep it moving. Uh, this is, I'm I'm sure that you know everybody was saying that whenever clips came out of the inside of the the sphere. The Las Vegas Sphere. Everybody in my circles were like, "Bro, imagine an MMA fight here." Dana White <laughs> is Dana White's already on it, folks. Dana White at, at the post-fight press conference last night said that for UFC Noche next year, uh, obviously this year is main evented by by Valentino Shevchenko and Alexa Grasso. Whenever it goes down next year, they're going to be inside the fucking Sphere, man. <laughs> Let's go, dude. What do you what do you think about that, Angel? You trying to you trying to go down to the sphere? That'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty fun, man. I think it'd be a fun experience. I'm curious to see what exactly the show would be like. I hope they do something outside of just being there. I hope they do something unique with the sphere itself. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure they will. Like I I fully expect them to. I mean, they got to do some fun stuff, man. You would um, hope. I mean, look, dude. I, I just. I saw some of those clips, man, and about uh, of inside the sphere and like all the lights and all the, the the special pyro and stuff and CGI they were doing. I just I gotta I just I gotta say it. I really really want to take an edible code sound off at elixir.com and just go inside the sphere and chill for a little bit. You know what I mean? Just take way too much and just and just go chill. You know, sitting you sitting cage side watching watching John Jones when all of a sudden John Jones pops up on the fucking. The sphere background or something, you know, like just crazy. I, they, I'm sure they're gonna do some fun stuff, uh, but you know, no, nonetheless, man, um, that's ba- that's basically all I got. Speaking of Alexa Grasso, this is gonna be our last story of the day. Um, Alexa Grasso, who did last fight Valentina Shevchenko, um, she, you know, almost a month later, she has confirmed that she actually broke her hand, her right hand in that fight. She got surgery. But after getting surgery, she also went ahead and confirmed that the trilogy is what she wants next. Give me your thoughts, man. Grasso, obviously, I'm sure, I'm assuming that she won't be out of action too long. But go ahead and give me your quick thoughts. Interesting. I mean, she kind of dismissed the rematch last time, so it's kind of interesting to see her turn around on that comment and, and kind of look forward to it. Now, I wonder if that's because you know, maybe some more money was on the table or potentially because it'll be a UFC 300, you know, question mark, question mark, question mark there. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was always down for the fight. I mean, we talked about it right afterwards. Uh, you know, we were like, yeah, I feel like they need to do the trilogy. This trilogy makes a lot of sense. There's unfinished business here. Uh, you know, it's arguably 1-1 in series, but it's 1-0-1. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's still something here. And obviously, the injury's kind of kind of unfortunate to slow it down. But at the same time, it's kind of like, like I said, it could potentially set up for that fight to be on UFC 300. Not the main event, but I'm sure it'll, it'll be either the co-main or maybe potentially the third title fight on that card. Yeah, you're not wrong. That's a really good placement for it, too. Um, especially considering that Noche guard was so huge, you know? Like, they, they really did got, get a lot of um, excitement and a lot of attention after that one. So, um, 
Anyways, man, that's about all I got. In terms of my thoughts on it, I mean, besides the trilogy, um, I'm surprised that she did, like you mentioned, take so fast of a U-turn, kind of in the opposite direction, because uh, she originally said she wasn't going to do it. But um, I'm down to see it. I think it makes sense. Aaron Blanchfield already said, like, hey, look, I don't even want to fight for this title if that's, you know, that's the result of title fight. You know, it just doesn't make sense. So there's nobody else to realistically fight, realistically fight for it anyway. So, yeah, man. Um, excited to see the trilogy. Hope maybe at UC 300. But, yeah, man, I mean, that's any any closing things you want to go ahead and talk about? Any final messages to the Sound Off fans out there, Angel? Before we go into man, I'm just so excited to get into this crazy October month of a lot of combat, a lot of great fights, a lot of stuff going down. I think this month, content-wise, is going to be super fun for you and me, super fun for all fight fans who, who watch all combat, you know, not just MMA, boxing. Shit, I think even some kickboxing. I think Badahari's coming back this month. Uh, he's coming back, yeah. Soon, something like that. Uh, I think, funny, funny enough, Gordon Ryan won, like, a jiu-jitsu match, some tournament, like, last this past weekend, too. Like, there's a lot going on right now. So... I'm just excited to get right back into the mix, and obviously, uh, obviously, Bell's World 300 going down this week. You know, three title fights on the line, and uh, obviously, the continuation of the 155 pound tournament there. Just some exciting shit going down. Obviously, football, you know, going on. Uh, the NBA about to start up here soon. It's all going down. Actually, the NBA already did start up, didn't it? Yeah, I think they're already playing games, uh, preseason games. So, or some, yeah, something like that. Yeah. No, and they already had media day and all that stuff too. So, um, yeah, yeah, they're getting going. They're getting going. But, uh, anyways, man. Um, yeah, I mean, this is that's that's basically all I got. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, I am at Josh Dimoff on Twitter. He's at Angel underscore O one at Courtside Sound for all things related to the show. Um, we are available everywhere. We hit twelve hundred subs. We appreciate that so much uh, from all you guys. And uh yeah, feel free to keep on listening guys. We appreciate it so much and all the all the support. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.